This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free. So enjoy those there on us. That is freetalklive.com. All right. Well, you may remember there was a a story that hit the news in the mid-1990s. It was about a teacher and a student. In fact, it was probably one of the the biggest stories in regards to uh, teacher and student uh, liaisons, having sexual activities, relationships, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Her name was Mary Kay Letourneau. Is it, is it, was he the uh, young black man? I don't know if he's all so. black. Um, okay. He, he looks like he's uh, maybe mulatto or Indian black or something like that. Okay. But uh, either way. I'm just way, trying to remember if it's just helping me remember which story it was. He was 12 at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was 34 at the time. <laughs> the and weirdest story. He got her pregnant. Yes. And, of course, it resulted in uh, national news. It resulted in her being jailed. And, uh, of course, ever since, we've had the news sort of keeping track of every incident of students and teachers having sex with one another. Because it sells. And uh, so apparently ABC News decided they were going to uh, check in with Mary Kay Letourneau to see what uh, was going on in her life now. Mm -hmm. Because she's all out of jail and uh, she's moved on and she's still together. With the former student. Yeah, bizarre. They love each other. They do. Uh, You know, this 34-year-old woman met a 12-year-old that she fell in love with and had a baby and, uh, you know, went to jail for him and then got out and they're together and... Two kids, I believe. Yeah. Uh, The details are all here. It's just a fascinating story. (laughs) But, I mean, when you look at this, it makes you really wonder about um, people getting together with kids and pet uh you know in this case a phoebeophilia um that's like borderline though between uh pedophilia and a phoebeophilia like a phoebeophilia is uh essentially sexual attra- uh, being he got attracted her, he got to her pregnant no <laughs> teenagers yeah yeah true true if he was able to get her pregnant right. a phoebeophilia and pedophilia really hinge on when puberty you, puberty um so i mean yes some people go through puberty at 12 some people go through puberty at eight um, although Larry, uh, although Mary Kay Letourneau never doubted her romantic feelings toward her 12-year-old student, she now says that if she'd known the legal ramifications, she would have acted differently toward Vili Fual. I'm guessing on the pronunciation here, Fualau. And she said, "Quote: Had I known that all of the things were going to lay themselves out like they did legally, I sure would have really run away fast from him." She told Good Morning America's Chris Cuomo in an exclusive interview. Now. Ignorance of the law is no excuse, right, Mark? How is it that people uh, don't know these things? Is it possible that people don't spend their time and their lives browsing through law books to understand what rules they should and shouldn't live by? You think Uh, that's a possibility? Well, I can't imagine she didn't know that she was going to get in some some kind of trouble for messing around with a 12-year-old. She might have thought thought there might have been trouble. Maybe she would have gotten fired or something like that, but I don't know if she expected jail time out of it. Well, I don't know either what she expected, but... Um, I certainly don't that, think jail time's appropriate. I don't think it's appropriate in this um, particular circumstance simply because of the way it worked out. But um, I do think that uh, it's it certainly doesn't wrong work out. for a 35-year-old to go messing around with a 12-year-old. It's, it's certainly not uh, typical, but she, she felt like it was right, he felt like it was right, and uh, they're still together. So what can you say to that, you know? I, it's difficult. To, it, it's, it's an difficult. unusual case. It sure is. Because you wouldn't think that a, a relationship like this would normally pl- uh, play out. Right. 
and I, I don't know what normal is for a relationship like this. She says, no matter what was between us, there's nothing that we could have, uh, there's nothing that we could have had that would be strong enough for me to say, gee, yeah, that's okay for me to be separated from my children. In 1996, Letourneau, who was then 34, made national headlines with the news that she was pregnant with the child of her then 12-year-old student, Fouillot. Letourneau pleaded guilty to child rape and went to prison. And I don't understand how uh, that relationship could be considered rape. I understand the law says statutory rape is that if you have sex with somebody under the age of X, then you're guilty of rape. But it's clear that this guy consented. Rape involves... Uh, lack of consent. Well, she didn't spend very long in prison, and you know the they they there are months she was paroled after six months. right. That's a very short period of time. It sounds to me like she got sentenced based on um, people's understanding, but she, according to the law, committed child rape. I know you right. don't you may not agree with it, but the idea is is that uh, you know there's this statutory rape that basically covers people from 13 to 17 and depending on the state sometimes it's you know and then there's just rape rape under that age it, it basically if you're having sex with four, um, with a 12 or under and the idea is is that they can handle you know the adolescence thing that's what they're trying to uh to to go for there the i just think it's an insult to to uh people and children who are honestly raped like to people that are really raped, where they're where sex is had with them against their will. Well, in this, that's what rape. I, I mean, to me, the, as someone who's never been raped, that's what rape seems to me to be about. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But um, they're lumping all kids up to the age of 12 together, and they had to have a cutoff point because it, right. it, you know it has to be something. I understand what you're saying, but you know, yeah, maybe this kid at 12 years old gave his consent, but. The question I'd have for you then is, can a five-year-old give consent? Yeah, that's such a tough question. It you is a tough no. question. You would I mean, think I mean, no. You have to write th- Somebody had to write this law, and it's not an easy law to I write. I don't know if they had to write this law. I understand you don't like that idea, but yes, uh, this law is going to exist in any society. I think that people... In, in voluntary or not. I think that people, people do engage, not want adults having sex with kids. Well, they, they don't want it, but unfortunately it's happening a yeah. lot, apparently. All I'm telling you is I don't care how voluntary your society is, it's gonna ha- be, that issue's going to be handled. I understand, and I think it should be handled on a private basis uh, in that if you're going to take um, take a risk like that, that is messing with somebody's kid, then you're essentially messing with their parents and uh, you know, daddy might come by with a baseball bat to take care of you. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I understand you believe that, but you also believe daddy should go to jail for quite some time for, for doing that. Well, you believe it. that he should go to um, jail, you know, he, he should be in big trouble for killing the guy. Well, I'm not, I don't know about that. I... I if we're going to have uh, the the system that we currently do, I feel like that's okay. Of course, I would rather uh, resolve things through nonviolent conflict. I would rather resolve things without having to throw people in jail. Um, and Anna, I would hope that a, that a parents would be able to resolve it otherwise. But I think it's the the threat of the the idea that someone could come to your door with a baseball bat some night if you mess with their daughter or their son. Well, that threat that exists keep, now, and it doesn't keep people from doing it. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, maybe it, maybe that tr- threat doesn't exist as much now because they think that uh, the law will take care of it. I don't think they think that. I mean, I'm sorry, child rapists get killed whether it's in prison or out of prison all the time. Not this woman, because her circumstances are so bizarre. But well, she, uh, and and that you know that brings up another thing. How can you be a, a female rapist? I mean, that's kind of difficult, isn't it? I suppose it's possible. Uh, I don't think that happens very often. I mean, if you're a lady and you're having sex the typical way that people have sex, 
then there has to be a certain process that goes on with the guy in order to make it happen, right? Because uh, sex doesn't happen unless that, that one factor comes into play. Now, I suppose you could, for instance, have uh, a rape that involves another orifice, uh, in which case, yeah, that, that might be rape as well. But, but, but typically, male-female, female-raping a male seems really difficult. I understand where you're coming from on that. It seems it, like consent has to be involved. Oh, right, sure, consent has to be involved, but the idea that the law that lawmakers had in that particular circumstances that a child under 12 cannot give consent. Well, it's clear that this guy is uh, a slap in the face, uh, the face to what those lawmakers thought. Yeah, well, apparently he, they were wrong about that because a, he did. He's yeah, he did and he's a little strange, uh, you know, the situation's a little strange, it's certainly unusual. My my thought is, my feeling is is that if she would have um, if this would have happened to her, she would have gone to jail, and they would have not been married afterwards. Everybody would be—you'd be happy with the uh, circumstance that she went to jail for six months. I don't think she should have gone to jail. You don't think she should have gone to jail for having sex with a twelve-year-old? No, she didn't do anything to this kid. I mean, she did what essentially is uh, the fantasy of uh, of many young lads I, uh, who have an attractive uh, young lady for a teacher. Yeah, um, well... I don't think somebody should be put into jail for that, especially if there's consent involved. Now, if it's real rape, where a teacher or somebody else, doesn't even matter if it's a teacher, is forcing themselves on another person, yeah, let's punish that person. But if the, you've got consent from the individual, I, I can't get behind putting someone in jail for that. It seems really absurd. I mean, that's $30,000, $50,000 a year that... We're paying to put someone in jail who didn't harm anybody, arguably. Some people could argue that this this man was harmed, but again, they're still together. And he'll tell you that he loves his wife. Yeah, he's, he's happy about There's it. There's more about her on the way here. 800-259-9231. What do you think? Should she have gone to jail? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features there are totally free, and that does include the bulletin board system with nearly two th- uh, 200,000 posts, uh, over 1,400 people interacting. It is all totally free, and it's a lot of fun. There's also serious issues being discussed there as well, uh, perhaps even this one that we're talking about, which is a, a pretty serious issue, the Mary Kay Letourneau situation. bbs.freetalklive.com gets you to it. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And you know what? I don't even know if you can get registered now for the Liberty Forum, the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, but you can show up on site tomorrow, which is when it starts, Actually, I believe they had a few things going on today. I don't know how that went. We're, we're still here in Keene. We've yet to show up there. But there were a couple of sort of, uh, I think there was a ski trip today. There was a tour of the state house today. And I think mm-hmm. they're going to have that state house tour again tomorrow. Um, so if you have yet to make it up here, we definitely want to see you out at the Liberty Forum this weekend. Uh, Mark and I, we're going to be broadcasting live there starting tomorrow night. Also doing our uh, Saturday show live from the forum. So we want you to be out there because there's a lot going on, including um, you being able to meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, Ron Paul, Sharon Harris from the Advocates for Self-Government, and more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information and to get registered, uh, presuming you still can at this late date. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. I know if you just show up tomorrow and you've got a credit card or cash or a check in your hands, you're probably going to be able to get in. I would think so. All right, 800-259-9231. I want to know from you if you feel like Mary Kay Letourneau should have spent 
the six months in jail that she uh, that she did spend. In fact, she actually went in. She had sex with her 12-year-old student back in 1996, and she was 34 at the time. It's a pretty pretty big age discrepancy there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think most people do these sorts of things, but nonetheless, they did, and uh, she got caught. She pleaded guilty to child rape, went to prison. She gave birth to a, his daughter, their daughter, right. while in she prison. was in prison. Mm-hmm paroled after six months, but then within weeks was back in prison for ignoring a court order to stay away from Mr. Folau. She couldn't... She really loves this guy. If she, this 12-year-old. Well, I don't think at he was 12 was, by that. At the time, he's like 13 and a half. Pregnant again, because she, she had the baby in jail, got out, fraternized with her former student again, mm-hmm. got I think pregnant at, again. At 13 and a half, I was wearing parachute pants and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Reebok, uh, the Reebok high top shoes and break dancing. You would have been irresistible to Ms. Letourneau. Apparently, uh, she was released in August of 2004, and the couple married eight months later. So it sounds like she actually spent a decent amount of time in prison the mm-hmm. second time. She says, "Quote: I never, never imagined that my children would be separated from me. Had I known that, I would have. He wouldn't have been anywhere near me." I wouldn't care what I was feeling. He knows that, too. I would never hope for a situation like ours, she said. It's just what it is. Nobody should ever hope for a... It's not an ideal path for a teenager at all, she says. Letourneau did not for a moment second-guess her relationship with Fallot, however, despite the fact that he was her student, saying, quote, I'm not really one of those persons that says what's supposed to be the norm, she said. I mean, I can see what's supposed to be the norm, and I recognize it, but there's so many things in life that don't really fall into that norm. Letreno said that the very that very few people expected the couple to end up together for the long haul. Much yeah, less, yeah, who would have expected this? Much less remain a happily married couple. Yeah, you would think that this guy, as a as a young person, would have moved on. At the very least, I mean, even if she wanted to stay with him and uh, you know fell, I mean, she fell in love with a twelve year old. How old is he now? He's twenty two or twenty three. He's 23 years old. I mean, he's such an entirely different human being. He should have moved on, it seems like. Um, She should have, I don't know, found another 12-year-old or something like that. I mean, it's just such a bizarre circumstance. You almost have to give this guy uh, a lot of credit, uh, considering that he knocked this woman up at, uh, at age 12, and then when he had the opportunity to run away from it, which, I mean, as a teenager, you'd think, kids would do he decided to embrace his responsibility of being a father and uh, and stuck with her he stuck with her in fact got together with her when he wasn't when they weren't supposed to had another kid together yeah and now they're still uh, they're still together after three years out of, of of her getting out of jail here's a little bit more for the uh, from the story Laterno said that very few people expected them to remain together for the long haul much less remain a happily married couple they say wow they're normal people she said I don't think we ever cared what other people thought as far as their opinion. After the, after the discovery that Letourneau and Fallot were having an affair, his family filed a lawsuit against the school board, alleging it didn't do enough to protect him from his teacher. Now, that's that, that's another one of those silly, ridiculous lawsuits. lawsuits. Come on. I mean, what's the school, the school board what's supposed the school to know board what's going on? Do? I mean, they're an elected body. You know, come on. Right. Come what are on. they going to do? Oh, what could you do? What could you do to prevent something like this? Every time you put human beings um, together, you're going to have a problem like this. You can't, it's inevitable. quote unquote, protect against it. I mean, in what fact, are you supposed to do? Have, a, have an escort with every teacher, an escort with every it's student? Absurd. It is. It's absolutely absurd. The only thing you can do to protect against it as parents is to talk mm. to your kids. Oh, yeah. 
That's a, but that's about teach, all you can teach do. Teach your kids not to go messing around with their teachers. Right. You can homeschool. That would guarantee that uh, you're not going to have any strange people messing with your kids. It wouldn't guarantee it, but it certainly would help. Well, unless nothing's, you consider yourself nothing, a strange person. Nothing's, guar- nothing's a guarantee in this life. Fallo said, I never wanted any part of it. There's a lot of guilt that put me uh, p- put onto me about it. He's talking about the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. He says, I never wanted to win the lawsuit. I never even wanted to pursue it. It wasn't my intention ever. It was more of my mother's idea. Fallo said that sure. he spent many years in anguish after everything that happened, saying, quote, I feel like Mary gets through a lot of it a lot better than I do. I mean, sometimes I fall back really hard just thinking about a lot that was said to me. Then I kind of wake back up and she was in prison and... And I wasn't. I mean, can you imagine when he's saying uh, the things that were said to him, people were probably telling him, son, you've been raped. Yeah, you're, you've been molested. So, and he probably didn't feel that way. He was probably thinking, gosh, she's a really nice lady. She didn't do anything <laughs> wrong to me. She showed me the ropes. What are you talking about? Rape. She's got my kid. I don't think, I, I'm sorry, I don't think this qualifies as rape. I don't think it does. I mean, yes, the younger kids get, the more despicable and disgusting the act becomes, (laughs) certainly. But when you've got a a young person who's making it very clear to you that he or she consented to this activity, how could you doubt that he or she consented to the activity? They're telling you straight out that they understood what was going on. They may not have understood all of the ramifications, but they sure did understand that uh, it wasn't a a forceful, harmful situation. Well, not direct harm. At least, I understand where you're coming from. I would support lowering the, um, you know, the what their definition of a child is to to say ten or something like that. But you know, they they had to pick something. They picked it years and years ago. Um, now kids are getting mature earlier because of the hormones and the meat and that kind of thing. That that's what I believe. That doesn't make it true. And um, you know, if they get mature sooner, they're going to have sex sooner. Right. And I think that if people are concerned with what you're just what you're suggesting that you you know you're encouraging child rape i think that uh, if you th- if you feel like ms letourneau raped this young man then you should just ostracize her you know what that's what you should do if she comes into your business you shouldn't sell things to her you shouldn't even talk to her you should kick her out and let her know that you think she's a child rapist because it's clear that she's not she's just a lady who well, has a, a sick obsession with young boys and uh, she got into really got into it with one of them well there's a charge out there all, already for this and that's statutory rape and that is what i feel like she did but you know there's the strange phenomenon I think statutory her- rape is an insult against people who have been raped but, but it's a charge it's pretty clear what it is I, I see what it is and it's an insult i disagree yeah we'll talk to somebody who's actually been raped and see how they feel about it's- it more's on the way it's free talk live did she rape this boy it's free talk live take control With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. You bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark? That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, and that does include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo, and uh, we put them up on our website to prove they listen to the show. So see what I mean by going over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is Shrine. FreeTalkLive.com, and now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents, like setting up a corporation or limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. 
So what I want to know is, the case of Mary Kay Letourneau has come back into the news, not because anything has happened, but because nothing's happened, <laughs> in that they are still together. Mary Kay Letourneau, who was 34 at the time, uh, her young um, suitor, was 12. They had sex. She got pregnant. She went to jail. She got out on uh, probation. She got together with him again, against the judge's orders. They had sex again. She got pregnant again. They've got two kids now. Uh, she got out in 2004. They're still together. ABC News uh, doing an exclusive report where they're just talking about how uh, essentially the young man's family filed a lawsuit against the school board, and he said he didn't want anything to do with it. It was all his mother mm-hmm. trying to cash in, essentially, sure. on her own son. Well, Letourneau has said her children from her first marriage were happy for her and Philo. She says, they're happy for us, actually. They're happy for me. They definitely accept Billy. And what I want to know from you is, do you feel like that Mary Kay Letourneau raped this young man? Because I'm just looking at the uh, the definition of rape, according to uh, Dictionary.com, Random House on a Bridge Dictionary, and the number one definition is the unlawful compelling of a woman. And I, fi- I find it interesting that they they specified a woman, because it is possible to rape a man. Uh, it's just more difficult for a woman to rape a man. It's more easy. It's easier for a man to rape a man. Right. Uh, the unlawful compelling of a woman through physical force or duress to have sexual intercourse. Definition two: any act of sexual intercourse that is forced upon a person. To force the verb to force to have sexual intercourse. I don't think that at any point Mary Kay Letourneau forced this young man to have sex with her. He did not, uh, she did not force him to impregnate her, and she certainly didn't force him to do it the second time. Well, um, so we can battle about the semantics of it all. Um, would it make you happier if uh, they changed the charge from child rape to sex with a uh, child under 12? And um, it certainly gave would be the a same more honest. It certainly would be a more honest sounding charge. I mean, by labeling her a rapist, that's pretty harsh, man. Well, I agree, and, and that sounds like one of the important things that our politicians could be doing. Um, it's Changing a, words around. It's, it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a hell of a lot better, in my opinion, than what it is that they normally yeah. do, which is stick their hands as far in my, in my pockets as possible and take as much of my money as possible. Please, politicians, do me in a favor and go in there and change all your statutory rape yeah, It's still not going to make me feel any better, necessarily. It'll make me feel better because you aren't labeling this woman a rapist because she's not, but it won't make me feel good in that... You and I had to pay to put her in a prison cell for however many years. You know, that I, doesn't make me feel good at all. I she could have been out there teaching more kids. She could have been out there uh, serving drinks at a bar. She could have been doing something productive for the economy. But instead, she sat in a jail cell, and we all had to pay for it. Great. Come on. Who can be happy about this? You know, well, I'm, I'm sure there's got to be some moralist listening that can call in at 800-259-9231. In her particular circumstance, I think things could have probably been better served to, uh, you know, put her, try her out on uh, something like uh, house arrest and that kind of thing. But she did it again. Yeah. I'm just telling she you, She likes man. the guy. I understand she he does. He floats her boat. But it's a problem, dude. It doesn't I mean, seem to be a problem. There's it's not a problem be... for those two. Yeah. Those two are fine. Everything worked out. But do you understand that if you put um, you know, adults and kids and you don't put any kind of punishment involved for the adults to go after the I'm kids? I'm not saying there shouldn't be punishment. I, like I said, you're just doing ostracize. This, this whole ostracize thing. I'm sorry. Ostr- I don't want to put people in jail. Ostracization just doesn't have the, uh, doesn't have the effect 
that normal people want to see on criminals. I, and I'm sorry. She's not a criminal. It's a, she, oh, she's, it's a she crime, She showed a dude. young man the ropes, the sexual ropes I understand where age. you're coming from. You found, you found a great case. This one really backs you up. But I'm sorry. There what about the 35-year-old coach who uh, you know manages to lure in 12-year-old girl after 12-year-old girl <laughs> after 12-year-old girl? You would think then that he wouldn't do keep about his it? job. I mean, come on. Hey, it, I understand what you're saying, but the word's going to get out. At some point. He's going to get in trouble. And then he's going to lose his he's job. He's going to lose his job. Well, that's what should happen, he's going right? to go someplace else. And he's going to go be a Catholic priest. And then, I, I don't know, Mark. I understand. But There's a problem gonna... here, and the politicians are trying to solve it. I cannot fault them right. for that. Well, I, I can, because they're, yes, of course they're, you the can. way they try to solve problems <laughs> is by throwing people in jail cells, and it doesn't do any good when you're dealing with someone who's not harming another person. Now, you could make the argument that Mary Kay Letourneau harmed this young man by having sex with him at an early age. You could make that argument, but you aren't him, and so therefore, why don't you let him decide whether or not he's been harmed? In his case, he hasn't uh, made that decision. In his case, he was angry because his mother filed a lawsuit against the school board in order to try to cash in. He, he's anything but harmed. In fact, let's continue here. Uh, Letourneau believes the story was misrepresented by the media. She says, quote, People should be careful when they watch the media. There were attributes given to me that anyone that knew me would, you know, it was almost a joke, like science fiction. They wanted to make a story, and since they didn't have a story, they made it up. Fallot thinks the reason the story became so big is because of his wife's appearance. He said, I think one reason is that she was really attractive. She has this all-American uh, girl look. Fallot said he still felt vilified by people who disagreed with the couple's lifestyle. He cited an example of a cop who'd pulled him over and, he believes, unjustly impounded his car. He says, now this is the wrong kind of ostracization. This isn't ostracization. I mean, it's the opposite, it, yeah. It feels like they've dealt, it sounds like they've dealt with some level of ostracization, mm -hmm. but uh, when the cops get involved and start using force, it's a whole other story. He says, quote, he said he saw me, he knew who I was. They still try to make our life real hard. They don't like it that we're together. They don't like it that their predictions are wrong. And I can imagine they don't like it. It'd make them real happy for uh, Mary Kay and uh, this young man to have broken up. It would uh, validate the, a lot yeah, of their theories. Yeah, absolutely. It would, it would validate it a, lot, a great deal. It's a problem. Yep. As of now, it flies in the face of the idea that young people cannot consent to these activities. Now, you may emotionally disagree with that. I don't emotionally how would you disagree. Feel if you were 12 years old and your attractive 30-something uh, teacher approached you, Mark? Look, all I'm telling you is... You would is know what to do. If, if, you let, I'm, I'm, if you let me in a room of 12-year-olds, and I'm interested in 12-year-old girls, that, that you know, caveat goes in there, yeah. I'm going to be able to talk at some point or another. If I'm a teacher, I'm going to be able to talk a 12-year-old girl into having sex with me. I can do that. I mean, like, I have that <laughs> understanding that one. of the, the English language. I'm going to be able to handle that. So, now what do you do? Do you have somebody who's going to, you know... You fire the person and you, yeah, you write you something up. Yeah, once you find out about it, you but write then he's, something up and, he's uh, messed with how many 12-year-olds at that point. I don't know. How many young boys do you think Miss Letourneau messed with? One. Maybe she did more. Maybe I, it, she could have, out. but I don't think so. Probably. You asked me what I thought. The victims would probably come out, I suppose, if uh, if she had done more than that. Yes. Look, uh, if if there's a problem, someone's going to find out about it. If they don't find out about it, then you would have never gone to jail anyway. So if someone finds out, you um, get you lose your job, you're outed in the press, people uh, find out who you are, 
And then you have a tough time getting uh, getting jobs. You have a tough time, especially if there's some sort of a reputation rating system, like in the in the world where this envision you know, the world I'm envisioning with no uh, government law enforcement apparatus like we mm-hmm. currently have today. It, with a reputation rating, you'd uh, you know it could go on your file that that's what you're into, and then people are going to stay stay very far away from you if they have kids, and you're not going to get a job that uh, has anything to do with interacting with young people anymore. Ever again, you know, I I understand this perfect that world. That seems realistic, though, with doesn't no it? government um, in it. You know, you you've got to come up with these far fetched plans. But I say we take wait. What's far fetched about having a reputation rating system and ostracizing people? What's far fetched about that? It's completely different than what we have right now. Okay, that's fine. It's far fetched. Okay. It's not far-fetched, though. It's very realistic. We've got the Internet, all kinds of databases, information on so many different people at your fingertips. would be very hard to have this sort of system it's at all. It's a world very different from our own. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Is Mary Kay Letourneau a rapist? I'd like to hear someone make the case that she is. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The pack at 8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are entirely free, so do enjoy those. They're on us. And we do ask, though, that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. If you like the show, you like Free Talk Live, you want to help us get on more radio stations, get on more people's MP3 players, then go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up like over 330 of our listeners currently are for as little as 3 bucks a month. The idea is you send in the cash. Or the, uh, it's not cash, it's uh, any major credit card or PayPal. Anyway, it's uh, automatically deducted from your account, goes over to our account, we take that money in and we use it to promote the show. We buy industry advertising, we buy internet advertising, we get more people listening to the message of freedom and liberty here on Free Talk Live. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Talking about the idea of child rape, as it is so called. Apparently, according to the law, when you have consensual sex with a young person, in this case, Mary Kay Letourneau, 34, the young person, uh, the young man in question was 12 years old at mm-hmm. the time. Apparently, she raped this young man, even though he completely consented to it. He knew that he was getting involved in a sexual situation with his teacher, and he was he was into it, obviously. Uh, I personally say that's not rape. There's no way it could be uh, defined as rape. Force was not involved. I think force has to be involved. For something to be considered rape, if force is involved and it is rape, then it's a despicable, horrible act. If there's no force involved and it's completely consensual, I don't see what the problem is. You can ostracize people like that if you want to. I think that's fine. That's a fine solution. But throwing them in jail, I don't think that's appropriate. Let's go to the phones and talk to Francisco. I'd like to have someone disagree with me besides you. Besides you. We've disagreed on this before. Hello, Francisco. What's on your mind? Uh, Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, I was listening to your show, and I remember that about a year ago, in a high school about 15 miles away from my town, uh, there was a teacher who got fired and arrested because uh, he was accused of being a child rapist. Because um, he was the coach of a basketball team where he had a relationship with a 15-year-old girl. All right. Um, I'm not sure if uh, if they had sex, but... He was called child rapist, so I guess he was. Sounds um, like it. Sounds like they had sex. Yeah, and um, but it, I, but I would argue that a she's not a child, and b it was not rape. 
Right. And uh, one How old was she? 15. 15? 15. I'm sorry. You know, my, most people's definitions, that's below the age of um, consent by all states. I understand. Not in Canada, though. Okay. Yeah, um, and one of my friends, a good friend, uh, was in the basketball team with this coach. Okay. And uh, what so happened is that he got arrested. You know, he now has a record. He's a sex offender now. Oh, my. He got fired. And uh, from what I hear from my friend, he's a very good, decent man. And uh, oh, some I, people would, I would disagree with that, but I, I see where you're coming from. Well, yeah, but like, and uh, I was so outraged that they arrested him. You know, he has to go to court, lost his job, and um, I was just talking to this girl, and she was telling me that you know he was a good teacher. Wait, wait, wait! You talked to the girl that he had sex with? No, no, no! A friend of mine was in the basketball team. Like, I, I see a, a girlfriend a friend of yours. Is a girl. gotcha. gotcha. Yes, and. Um, I was just kind of outraged that, you know, they arrested him and marked him as a sex offender. So wait, okay, so what you're saying is that another girl on the team didn't, even after the fact that this guy had been caught having sex with a with the 15-year-old, even uh, even after that, this girl who's on the team didn't think any less of the guy? Well, she, yeah, she thought less of the guy, but she still thought that, you know, they shouldn't have arrested him and, you know, charged him with a, uh, as a sex offender. Mm-hmm. Because what, what from what think? I know, the girl was consenting. It, it certainly sounds like consent. I mean, if it's not consent, if there's no consent involved, then it, odds, are, odds are that it's going to come out faster than right. it would otherwise. Right. Because then she'd report a rape, hopefully. I know a lot of rapes go unreported. but they do. But nonetheless, then there's a real crime that's been committed. Someone has been harmed. Someone has been forced to have sex against her will. And that's outrageous. And it ne- that needs to stop. Right. But in this particular case, no one was harmed. That's, but, uh, that's how I see it. The people would disagree with you, though. You know, um, when it comes down to, uh, let's, t- let's talk briefly about regular uh, rape of regular women. So guy, girl, same ages, similar okay. um, situations. It happens a great deal that the guy says, hey, she, she consented. And the woman says, no, I, I didn't. didn't. Yeah. And now it does happen. She said. What's going to happen in a situation with, um, you know, a young, a young person? You know, I'm 36. I decide I'm going to have sex with this consenting 12-year-old. Mm. And then the 12-year-old's mom gets a hold of her, and she changes her mind from I consented to I didn't consent. Then what? How does that solve your um, conundrum, Ian? I mean, at that point, the I'm going to go to jail for a violent, terrible act. How do you prove it in uh, in the case where it's just a he said, she said thing? And in today, like in the 36-year-old raping a 36-year-old, how is it? That, I mean, you'd produce as much evidence as you could. Um, and you go to you the know, doctor, 36 after you go to the hospital right, afterwards. Hey, look, she doesn't have any marks on her. Um, yeah. You know, it was it was regular old. Uh, Sex. I, I didn't. You know, I didn't do anything. And in many cases, there's uh, sometimes there's alcohol involved uh, to where the sure. person could be giving consent when they mo- might normally not give consent. Is that considered rape as well? And um, there's a lot of gray areas to giving, this. Giving sure. alcohol to a minor, really bad. Uh, you know, b- would be a bad set of circumstances. You wouldn't send somebody to jail for giving alcohol to a minor. Oh, I would. I would abolish the age of dr- uh, the drinking age of consent. Understood. Um, but, you know, I don't care uh, what the circumstances are. If you give a 12-year-old, uh, you know, 
a great deal of liquor, and then you know, you, then you talk about it being, uh, you know, the the sexual act that occurred being consensual. No, it wasn't. Yeah, that's probably not too consensual. Yeah, I'm just making it clear that you've got a big old mess on your hands there's, getting rid of this uh, age of consent of yours. There's a there's definitely I'm a all gray for area. What you're saying, which is uh, let's eliminate the word rape um, from right. certain. Char- let's create a charge for having sex with a um, person 12 and under. You know, I just think parents should be more careful with who they allow their kids to uh, spend time with. Yeah. I, I'm with you, but... Francisco, any other thoughts for us? Um, yeah, actually, I was just going to tell you that I was so disgusted in class today, I could not stand it anymore. Um, every day in history class, we have to do, like, a uh, current event. Okay. And my current event was that I found that a Republican was trying to pass a bill to Congress that would require all Internet service providers to track the websites that their user visits mm. and uh, their IP address, their address and telephone number. So uh, if, you know, the government decided to, they could check your records. Right. And I brought this up in class, and most of my classmates agreed. That that was a good idea. Yes. <laughs> and well, uh, you you, know, Now, now hold on, Francisco. The problem that you have here in, in class with civil liberties, especially in this area, is you're dealing with... Fifteen-year-olds. Fifteen-year-olds are used to living under the thumb of a parent. Everything, it's, it's perfectly acceptable for your parent to come into your room that they paid for and look on your computer that they paid for and track to the very best that they possibly can all of your movements. Right, that, um, that's, that, that's perfectly yeah, right. I understand where you're, what you're saying, but you're preaching to the, the, uh, a group of people who are used to that sort of being in that situation. You know, they're used to that. They may be kind used of, to it, but you would think they might be uh, wanting to get out from underneath that right. situation. I, you know, I, I just feel maybe like maybe they feel feel a little oppressed by that. His his issue of freedom, I, I'm with him, completely with him. I'm just saying that he could probably pick issues of freedom that are probably uh, that are better for his particular audience that would work better, um, because that issue that he's talking about is going to work is going to go fly real well with adults. Hey. Yeah. You don't belong telling me who I can, you know, where I can go on the internets mm-hmm. and what I can. Inter- I keep on that, saying that, that's actually what my teacher said. What he brought up was like he was like, "What if I I am doing a research paper and I I'm researching how to build an atomic bomb?" Yeah. And one of the, the students said, "Well, you shouldn't be doing that anyway." Right. <laughs> well, oh my <laughs> gosh, these kids are are lost. You know, yeah, and I was just so amazed. I was I'm like, a talk show host. Shouldn't I be able to do some research on child porn? Shouldn't I be able to figure out how easy it is to get on the Internet and see child porn? I don't know that. I have never seen what I consider to be child pornography on the mm-hmm. Internet. I'm never going to go looking for it because I'm scared of what <laughs> might happen. And, and I, you know, I mean, shouldn't I be able to go out there and look for this stuff? Mm-hmm. But no, I can't. Yeah, go. and I, I was just so disgusted about how my classmates felt about this. They were like, yeah, well, they're just trying to help us, you know, get the terrorists. Oh, jeez. Yeah, they're just used to having mom and dad watch over them. Well, I think they're also used to being told that government's there to keep them safe, government's there to protect them. Mm -hmm. This is what government schools do. They inculcate kids with the idea that government is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, I mean, it's a good thing that you're in there, Francisco, at least saying something that's contrary to what they're used to hearing. It may not necessarily have an effect immediately, but cumulatively, as you continue to bring up different issues over time... Oh, no, I've had people pull me aside and ask me questions about other issues. Good. That's what... Gun laws and the drug drug war. Eventually, you'll move some of them in the right direction. Some of them are going to be lost for life, uh, but, you know, what can you do? You can't win them all. 
And right. if you can just bring a few people into the fold, then as far as I'm concerned, you've you've been successful. Thank you for the call, sir. We appreciate the update. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. On the way, the death penalty. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Hour two's coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for access to their websites. We do it for free at freetalklive.com. So we've been talking about things uh, so far tonight that can get people thrown in a jail cell. And uh, some other things get people thrown into jail cells for long, long long periods of time. In fact, you've got a story, Mark, about a man who uh, spent some time in jail, and now he goes out and, I, I guess, speaks out against the death penalty. Do I understand that correctly? That's correct. Um, Kirk Bloodsworth does this for a living now, telling people uh, who truly believe that killing a killer is right, and the right and just thing to do, that they are mistaken. That the man, that man is too flawed, too prone to error, to render the kind of final judgment that we read about in Scripture. Bloodsworth tells his story nearly every day, and still his voice thickens, and still the big man shudders and stifles a sob, which to me says he's an excellent actor. But anyway, as he did yesterday before... Well, you, you don't think he's, he's uh, being sincere? Man, if you say the same thing over and over again, yeah, you become a somewhat callous to it. Hmm. But um, you know, I, I think it's part of the, the... Your audience is hearing it for the first time, mm-hmm. and good delivery is good delivery. Okay. Bloodsworth tells the story nearly every day, and still his voice thickens, and still the big man shudders and stifles the sob, as he did yesterday before the Senate committee in Annapolis that's considering repealing Maryland's death penalty. Oh, wow. Bloodsworth, a former waterman who grew up on the eastern shore, served in the Marine Corps and never had never been arrested. He spent eight years, 11 months, and 19 days. That's about as close as you can get to uh, nine years. Yeah. And uh, two of those in Maryland's death row, until his Brute persistence finally persuaded authorities to conduct a DNA test. Hmm. Bloodsworth, it turned out, did not commit the rape and murder of which he was convicted. Kimberly, wow. Kimberly um, Ruffner committed those crimes. And this is a man, apparently. And man he, named Kim. Yeah, Kimberly. Right. <laughs> In 2004, he pleaded guilty. The taxpayers of Maryland paid Bloodsworth $300,000 in compensation for the income he lost Jeez. during all those years. That's $23,000 a year. That doesn't include the millions the state spent to convict him twice or the millions it cost to keep him in death row. It doesn't begin to compensate um, him for the, f- for the fact that he was wrongly kept in a box. I don't know that millions is, is a correct amount for an amount that a person might, uh, might, that you might spend to keep somebody on death row. But that's what they claim. It's, it's the reporter saying it. It's just terminology, though. Millions? Well, they, might have, they might have done their research. I don't know. It just doesn't sound right to me. Um, I mean, it cost $50,000 to keep a convict in prison for one year. He was on death row two years. It says the millions of dollars it cost to keep him on death row. Mm -hmm. What you're proposing is that somehow it costs that much more to keep a guy locked in a box. Hmm. It just doesn't make sense to me. I I could be wrong. doesn't sound right. Either way, it was too much. Right. And and in that case, you're not talking about ten times as much for the inmates. You're talking millions means more than one million, so... 
it, it you know it's like four times as much as a mm-hmm. or excuse me forty times as much as a regular inmate. Um, it doesn't begin to compensate him for the fact that he, um, that he was wrongly kept in a box. He lost his mother. Um, she, During that she, time. I guess she died in that nine years. It makes sense. Um, I lost my dignity, he told me. Everybody said they were doing the right thing, and everybody was wrong. Mm. Yeah. And on too many nights, even now, 14 years after his release, Blood, Bloodsworth's wife, Brenda, must shake him awake because he's in distress, in a cold sweat, having yet another nightmare about Marilyn's death chamber. The room he spent, um, slept under for hundreds of nights. On this day, Bloodsworth told his story to men and women who have been elected by their fellow citizens to decide whether or not it is right to take the life of a fellow man who committed a terrible wrong. On their foreheads this day, several of those, this was for Ash Wednesday, several of those must make that decision, uh, bore the sign of the cross in black ash. They had taken the time out of their work day to have a priest mark them in recognition of their penance. The priest had blessed them with these words. Remember, man, thou art dust, and thou art dust, and, and unto dust thou shalt return. On this Ash Wednesday, Maryland's governor, having received his blessing, made a rare appearance before the members of the legislature to urge them to do as his conscience commanded him to do, and repeal the death penalty. Hmm. Martin O'Malley did not run for governor with any promise to abolish capital punishment. This governor entered office looking to avoid most volatile issues, hoping, he said, to focus on things we can agree on. But now O'Malley told the Senate Judiciary Judicial Proceedings Committee that the death penalty cannot coexist with a republic founded on the belief that the, in the inalienable, inalienable dignity of the individual. What, I think uh, the, what prompted the turnaround? I think that he failed here when he said inalienable dignity of the individual. You know, dignity is such a namby-pamby word. I mean, the fact is, humans make mistakes, and if we have a death penalty, we're going to wrongly put people to we death. We are. We have. We, we absolutely have. The There's no doubt has. about it. I mean, we've released 100-plus individuals from death row since we've reinstated it in uh, the early 70s. 100-plus mm-hmm. individuals released. So not that many people get released from death row, period. How many people have we killed in that amount of time and how that many were are, innocent? And how many are still languishing there who are also innocent? You know, it's just it, it's a shame that people believe in the death penalty because essentially it's emotional. it is absolutely emotional. It's it's taking the idea that we, the good people, are against they, the criminals. Mm-hmm. And if some of the criminals die in the process, if some of the pr- criminals reap injustice, so what? Well, right. And you're a criminal once you're convicted. In these people's minds, you've no, been no, convicted. No, no, no. You're a criminal once you're um, suspected. Once you're, a, yeah, true. Once you're cases. suspected. Once the cops turn their flashlight on you. I'm sorry, you're then a criminal. Yeah. That's how these people see it. Because at that point, bam, that's it. And they can't envision, they can't imagine that it could happen to them. No, absolutely not. Even though it could. Absolutely. Um, because is, it happened to some other guy. Right, and, it happened to Kurt Bloodsworth. Right. All right. Um, let Are me there get, more about his story as is. far as how he got caught up in all this? Uh, it, it doesn't go into it deeply, but there's a bit more about him. Okay. And, um, so, <clears throat> the death penalty cannot co- coexist with, um, with the, in a republic founded on the belief of an inalienable dignity of the individual. The governor urged lawmakers to accept that the death penalty is inherently unjust and that it is preposterously, preposterously pre- pointlessly expensive, that it is flawed and therefore a danger to the innocent, and that it plain doesn't work as a deterrent. Repeal the death penalty in our um, state this year, he said. Capital punishment is on hold in Maryland following an appeals court ruling last year stopping lethal injections until the state's, state issues new regulations for the procedure. Hmm. Neither Brenda nor Kirk Bloodsworth had any strong view about the death penalty before it became the defining concept in their lives. 
most of us don't have to um, have a position on capital punishment. Politicians do, and their stand tend to be sharply defined. Their jobs depend on it. So turning around a state policy on this issue is no simple task. Yet one state after another this year, lawmakers are voting to repeal or put a moratorium on capital punishment. The death penalty seemed right for, um, to so many for so long, but now in this era of DNA evidence... Sure. In this time when people are questioning the nature of truth and evidence in so many spheres of life, it just doesn't seem quite as clear. And it, and thank goodness. I mean, at one time, people thought the world was flat. Uh, at one time, people thought all kinds of crazy things. And so this is just one of those things that mm-hmm. hopefully we'll be able to look back on in another 20 or 30 years and say, man, can you remember those days when we actually used to put people to death? You know, Holy there, crap. There are people out there that I won't feel bad when they get the death penalty. I won't, because I believe in my heart that they're guilty. But I've made mistakes in my life. I've been wrong. I've made you know I've made big gambles and been mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know I'm just not qualified to say whether that person can die should die or not. And if I'm not qualified, nine people on a jury aren't qualified either. Heck no, nine people that want to go home. And as far as I'm people, yeah, absolutely they want to go home. I know my IQ is somewhere in the 140s. Those people. To me, they're idiots. Now, of course, I believe most people in the world are idiots. Um, oh, great. You know, Why don't you insult our audience? No, I'm just telling you. Those people in the jury, I, I generally consider myself to be right on everything. But everybody in the audience <laughs> thinks they're right on everything, too. Mm. So they can sit in my chair, and they can realize that they've made mistakes. And they can realize that those people in that jury are more likely to make mistakes because they're dumber than they are. Mm. So that's what it's like. You don't know enough to put somebody to death. We don't know enough, and juries are fallible. It's been proven, and it's just a bad idea. Do you disagree? 800-259-9231, the toll-free packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Mark essentially uh, coming out against the death penalty, pointing out that it's, uh, it's inhumane, it's wrong in many instances, it's resulting in innocent people dying. Are you okay with the idea that innocent people are being put to death in order to possibly put together some uh, or put to death some death uh, some some bad people? Are you okay with that idea? If so, how many innocents must die before you start feeling bad about it? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, including the archives. An entire year's worth of the program right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. And do you enjoy building things? Well, woodcraftplans.com has hundreds of blueprints for things like lawn chairs, rocking horses, yard shadows, fine furniture, and more. Step-by-step instructions and full-size patterns guide all skill levels. Woodcraftplans.com supports Free Talk Live, so please support woodcraftplans.com. That's woodcraftplans.com. All right, so uh, if you still want to talk about the death penalty, you're certainly welcome to do so or bring whatever is on your mind up at 800 259 9231. There's other news, however, out of uh, the southern portion of the United States. Allegedly, according to the federal government, the rate of immigration has slowed, say they. Now, of course, it's a government claim, so take it with a big grain of salt, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they've been 
for instance, claiming for years that they've been winning the war on drugs when it's clear that they haven't. Yeah, so, obvious. Uh, so I've yet to see any uh, information to counteract this uh, this propaganda by the state, but nonetheless, I want to bring it to you, and we'll uh, we'll dissect it as it, as we go along. According to the International Herald Tribune, San Luis, Rio, Colorado, Mexico, all along the U.S.-Mexican border, there are signs that the measures that the Border Patrol and other agencies have taken over the past year, from erecting new barriers to posting 6,000 National Guardsmen as armed sentinels, are beginning to slow the flow of illegal immigrants into the United States. For 10 years, and by the way, they're also going to be slowing the flow of legal immigrants to the United States by increasing the, uh, the fees, the costs of applications and processing and that sort of thing to make it more difficult for people to actually immigrate legally, so it'll make it more likely for them to come um, through the border. For 10 years, Eduardo Valenzuela has been crossing the Mexican border near Yuma, Arizona illegally, trekking over desert scrub and hopping on a freight train to get to his job with a construction company in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh my God, he does it every day? That sounds like (laughs) it. But on a recent afternoon, Valenzuela and four travel companions in his hometown, uh, from his hometown of Los Mokis, plopped down on a bench in a park in the border town of San Luis Rio, Colorado, exhausted and dispirited. Border Patrol agents had caught them two times over three days, hounding them with helicopters and four-wheel drive trucks. He says it's become much more difficult, said Valenzuela, echoing the comments of dozens of other migrants. The only barometer to gauge whether migrants are being discouraged to attempt entering the United States is how many migrants are caught. In the past four months, the number has dropped 27% compared with the same period last year. So, actually, this is kind of interesting. The government is claiming that because they've had a drop of 20% as far as they're catching less guys, that means that there are less people attempting to cross the border. Couldn't it also mean that they're they're catching fewer people? Right, that they're just not doing their jobs as effectively? I don't know. In two sections around Yuma and near Del Rio, Texas, the numbers have fallen by nearly two-thirds, officials from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security say. Or maybe what it is, Mark, is that if they if they put up more um, border, um, for instance, fences, mm-hmm. they show in the picture in this article, and we'll link to it so you can see it for yourself at bbs.freetalklive.com later, but they're showing people building these large fences, essentially, on the border. National Guardsmen mm-hmm. are uh, are doing this. So... Essentially, what they could be doing is they're just maybe they, maybe they are making it more difficult for people to actually cross the border on foot, but that same traffic is now flowing through the border checkpoints, and because they uh, th- because the people that were crossing on their own on foot are now paying coyotes to get them through, there's just simply more money going into the border guards' pockets by, by way of uh, of corruption essentially. Uh, in that they're getting paid to allow right. trucks through, um, that could be so. Essentially, they could all it's, just be passing it's a completely through the, unrelated, the checkpoint. unrelated factor that they're catching fewer people. Sorry, you haven't proven anything that you're by saying that you're catching fewer people. And if you are catching fewer people, and that means that fewer people are trying to cross, then we don't have an immigration problem. Everybody, yeah. go back to sleep. Michael Chertoff, Secretary for the Homeland Security, said in an interview last week. In, during his visit to Mexico City, saying, quote, We're comfortable that this actually reflects a change in momentum. I'm always quick to say it doesn't mean we can declare victory. To some degree, I expect the criminal organizations or smugglers are pulling back a little, watching to see if we lose interest. 
Border Patrol commanders argue the slackening flow of migrants belies the conventional wisdom that it's impossible to stem border uh, to, to stem illegal migration along a 2,000-mile or 3,200-kilometer border. Many veteran officers in the force are now beginning, uh, beginning to believe that with sufficient resources, it can be controlled. Huh. See, they're already positioning themselves for bigger budgets, Mark. Absolutely. Here's how it's going to work. They love that. Here's what they're doing. They're, uh, they're essentially sitting around eating more donuts... They've got more guys on staff to sit around and eat donuts. Of course they are. They sit around, watch some television, play some poker, eat some donuts together, have some coffee, take a break, smoke some cigarettes. They sit around and they do this all day long. There's probably a lot of paperwork that's being pushed around. Oh, you've got to do paperwork. That's There's a true. lot of paperwork. Um, and so then, you know... They, then they, they probably drive around in trucks and things, too. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, and they should shoot some guns, too, while they're at it. Uh, you probably have to account for having shot a gun. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but anyway, so essentially they're being lazy bureaucrats, as they always are. And not that I want them to actually go out and bust people. Um, <laughs> I'm just pointing out how they work. Uh, they're being lazy bureaucrats, and so they're catching less guys. They're catching less immigrants. And so they turn, they fill out some paperwork that says, hey, immigration's down 27%. We've caught 27% less people. Must be that we're stemming the flow. You know what? We could really stem this flow if we had an extra billion dollars and some more guys on staff. You know what? We need to expand the bureaucracy because without an expansion of the bureaucracy, they're going to keep coming. And, of course, you get some more money in, then they keep uh, they catch even less guys, and then they get even more money the next year. Bigger donuts. You they, can are buy set up, they are set up to succeed at this point. You can point. buy a bunch of 12-packs with a billion dollars. The new measures range from simply putting more officers on patrol to erecting stadium lights, secondary fences, and barriers of thick steel poles to stop smugglers from racing across the desert. The Border Patrol... I say motion-sensing machine guns. They're getting there. They're getting there. The Border Patrol has deployed hundreds of new guards to watch rivers, man surveillance cameras, and guard fences. <laughs> Watching rivers. If they're up in a, you know, a 60-foot tower with a gun, mm-hmm. and they're... Watching the border, I mean, how how much different is it that that they're uh, you know the, than the way they treat prisoners? And this if, isn't very different. And in fact, and we if, are the prisoners, right? And if we're talking about prisoners, who's imprisoned? I we mean, there's are. a fence. Yeah, we're imprisoned. I mean, if Amer- why Americans can't see this as clear as day, I don't understand. They are so blinded by their hatred. This must be it. Americans must just must be so blinded for their hatred by their hatred of brown people. That they can't see the walls being closed in around them. They can't understand what is being done to them. In Yuma, for instance, Ronald Colburn said that with the help of the National Guard, they doubled the agents to about 900, increased patrols, extended the primary steel wall out eight miles past the end of San Luis Rio, Colorado, and constructed a vehicle barrier six miles beyond that. They've also built stadium lights and a secondary fence along the border where the town lies. He says it's the right mix, the right recipe. You know, the right recipe for terrorism against the American people, the right recipe for uh, for essentially totalitarian government, keeping the American people in and keeping others out, allegedly. 800-259-9231. All they're doing is driving more business to the coyotes. They're enriching the criminal gangs. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they know it, too. No, they're enri- enriching border guards at the exactly. uh, same time. Exactly. Bigger budgets, bigger corruption payoffs. More on the way. Less freedom for you, though, by the way. This is your show. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Packet8.net toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. And that does include the wiki. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Over a 1,000 pages created by listeners like you. Wiki.freetalklive.com gets you to it. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. And get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It starts tomorrow. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Privacy issues, the war on drugs, taxes, the right to bear arms, lots of different panels all discussing these issues and more. Uh, a variety of libertarian luminaries going to be in attendance. John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, uh, Sharon Harris, Ron Paul is going to be there. Gardner Goldsmith's going to be there. Yeah, our friend Gardner. That's mm-hmm. going to be uh, it's going to be good to see him again. Haven't seen him in a little while, and uh, and we're going to be there as well, broadcasting live both Friday and Saturday. Eric Scott, another uh, broadcasting friend mm-hmm. of ours, is going to be in attendance, and uh, so it's going to be a heck of a time. It's going it to be a blast. Awesome. It starts tomorrow. It's not too late to get in. There are still some tickets left. You can show up at the door, and you can buy your tickets then. Credit cards accepted, cash, I believe, checks also. Uh, get the latest information and all the details at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's where, you, where you'll get the hotel info. You'll get the uh, the schedule. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. It is not too late to get involved. In fact, even on uh, Saturday, it's not going to be too late. You can buy a one-day pass. So if you can't make it up by tomorrow, make it up here uh, on Saturday to mm-hmm. Concord, New Hampshire, and uh, join the fun at the Liberty Forum. There's going to be a lot going on. Uh, lots to. It, the, the most difficult thing, I think, Mark, is going to be deci- deciding what to go and do at any given point. Right. There's there's always uh, at least two little forum things going if on. If not more. If, and then there's also the Alternatives Expo, which is going on in uh, some alternative hotel rooms there. Mm-hmm. At the at the location, so Amazing. lots to do. Uh, FreeStateProject.org/slash Liberty Forum. We're talking about the government's border situation here in America. Of course, the government's been making a big deal about uh, so-called illegal, illegal immigration and talking about blustering about how they're going to put a stop to it. Yes, we're going to put a stop to this illegal immigration. All we need is more money. And so what they've done is they've allocated more money to the border. And, uh, of course, they're now coming out with the news that, yes, indeed, they're stemming the tide of illegal immigration. It's uh, They're taking care of it here. Mark, it's just been a matter of months, and they're putting up new fences and stadium lighting. I'm serious. That's what the article here from the International Herald Tribune is claiming. Yep. Stadium lights, uh, fences. Uh, they've, they've, they've got border guards monitoring rivers. They're watching the grass grow. Um, apparently, and uh, so the allegation here is that because they've caught less people, that means there are less people trying to cross. Now, that doesn't follow. No. They're completely unrelated (laughs) pieces of information. Right. Uh, Not completely unrelated, but um, it's irrelevant to each other. But as they point out, that's the only way they actually have to measure sure. uh, their relative success. What do they do? Stopping people. <laughs> I mean, how do you? How do they know whether they're doing a good job or not? They don't. But that will be enough to and, get them a bigger budget we, next year. And how do we know if they're doing a good job or not? If they come out and say we're doing a better job, 
And, and we just have the option of believing right. them or not believing yep. them. I mean, it's just and the people so that, ridiculous. And the people that hate and immigrants the, the want to believe them. The government never, ever, ever does the government have some kind of third party coming in and, and An rating, their perform- yeah, right. ra- rating their performance. All kinds of other businesses need third party sure. um, performance uh, ratings. But somehow this organization to whom we give more money than any other organization you will ever give in your mm. entire life. They don't get some kind of third-party analysis. Nope. What kind of insanity is this? Well, government's insane. I mean, by definition, it's insane to use force on innocent people, and that's what government does best. Well, at the very least, if you are going to use that force, let's have some third-party uh, you know, verification here. Well, in this case, they, uh, it is typical with government that failure equals success, mm-hmm. in that they're failing to pick up as many uh, immigrants, so therefore that means they're going to get more money next year. The same thing with uh, with government schools. They fail to teach kids how to read and write, so they get more money. It's government works in the almost exact opposite way as any other um, as any market based organization, as a uh, private charity or a for profit company, a business. You know, in in business, if you aren't turning out performance, if you aren't making your customers happy, you're going to go out of business. In government. You're turning out illiterates from uh, the government schools, and that means you get more money. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. Government failure equals more money for government. That's how it always works. It, 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 or even even if it's more, it, they, even if they claim success, it's they still more, more money. money. That's it's true. just more money, more money, more money. Because government grows. The, I mean, th- the cost of things at Walmart goes down, but the cost of government goes up. up. It's 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 totally extra market. It's outside of the market. They don't respond to market signals. And it's just incredible that people continue to believe in these guys. They believe that government can be effective. And it's all a show. Just because they have stadium lighting, just because they have border guards driving around in their little Jeeps, or whatever it is they drive, looking all tough with their badges and their uniforms and their guns... And they stuff their pants into their boots, too? It doesn't mean anything. It's all symbolism. It's all for show. Just like the TSA... All for show. You want to blow up an airplane? Well, it's still possible in this day and age. You just it, you you just have to be careful. Oh, and, you can blow up an airplane, right. but try to be an average American citizen getting across the border without a passport at this point, or with four ounces of toothpaste. Uh, you, you know, then 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 the the hammer of the government is going to descend upon you like a plague. Uh, uh, you know, upon the. Uh, the Jews, I don't know. It's going to be awful. Speaking of, uh, since you bring up the Jews, I've got a story from uh, World War II that has to do with immigration in America that will shock you. That's on the way. The U.S. government, however, back to the International Herald Tribune, has also been punishing migrants with prison time from the first time they illegally enter some areas. For instance, along the 210-mile border covered by the Del Rio Office of the Border Patrol, everyone caught crossing illegally is charged in federal court and sentenced to at least two weeks in prison. So, isn't this nice, Mark? Essentially, what we have going on here is instead of these good folks coming here to work on, a, for instance, a farm, where many of them will come and get their first job. Right. Instead of these good people coming here and working very hard, picking apples, picking oranges, uh, picking fruit, uh, putting them in baskets, getting them on trucks, getting them to uh, your grocery store. Instead of that, we're uh, instead of them being a, a, produ- a producing portion of the economy, mm-hmm. we're plucking them out, throwing them in the back of a, a truck, and then putting them in a jail cell for two weeks. Yeah. Meaning where we're I pay paying for right. now. In order to put these people in jail. That's just backwards, isn't it? It is. 
That's an enormous break with uh, past practice when most Mexican migrants were simply taken back to the border and let go. Near Yuma in the Mexican town of San Luis, uh, San Luis Rio, Colorado, the effects of the stepped-up patrols are apparent. A year ago, migrants thronged the town park in cheap motels, while guides, known as coyotes or polleros, offered their services. Now the park is nearly empty. Motels have plenty of vacancies. The smugglers are telling their charges to take a bus, a bus to a spot called El Sol... Saharo, about an hour east of town. From there, they must walk for two days through rocky canyons and over barry, uh, barren desert to reach Interstate Highway 8. On the other side, Border Patrol agents say they're picking about 100 people off per day rather than 500 a day that they handled a year ago. Several migrants waiting their chance in San Luis curse under their breath in Spanish when asked about the soldiers and patrols. Some are indignant that the United States would treat them like enemies or criminals. Miguel Perez a 24-year-old migrant from the state of Guerrero said it's harder and harder, and that's the reason why people are dying in the desert. Perez worked for six years in a Colorado factory after entering on a student visa. Then he was caught driving without a license and deported. Now he says he's willing to risk anything to make it back. He says, I got used to it, you know, the good money. A year ago, a flood of immigrants from Central America was also overwhelming the Border Patrol in Del Rio and Eagle Pass, two small Texas towns on the Rio Grande. The migrants took advantage of a lack of jail space, which had led to the policy of giving them a hearing date and letting them go. Randy Clark, the agent in charge of Eagle Pass, said the migrants would cross the river in droves in broad daylight, run up to Border Patrol agents, and line up to be arrested. More than 200 a day crossed in Eagle Pass alone. I guess they wanted to be arrested so they could be taken the rest of the way to be processed. Given the court date and then released. Never intended as a jail, the processing center at Eagle Pass was so jammed with people, some would stay there up to three days waiting to be fingerprinted and released. Agents were so busy feeding and processing migrants, they had little time for patrolling. So, (laughs) Who needs to? They're coming their way. They're just using the system in this particular case. So if the system weren't there for them to use, then they just have to go and get a job and work like everybody else. And, And what's wrong with that anyway? 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. What's the problem with people coming here to make a better life for themselves? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Your show, you bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. Uh, so do enjoy those. They are on us. That is freetalklive.com. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. We have the lead in the Podcast Alley Top 10 by, you said, one vote, Mark? One vote. Yeah, this is, uh, it's been going back and forth all month long uh, between us and the Potter guys. So what we want you to do is head over to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote for the show if you've yet to do it this month. If you have already done it, well, thank you. Well, we are stomping the crap out of everything. Uh, the, uh, Everyone else. Us and, you know, this one Potter uh, cast, uh, we're, we're beating the crap out of them. We're up by 700 votes above them. That's but good news. But it's neck and neck between us and them. 1-800-259-9231. So head over to vote.freetalklive.com. We've lost that one lead. Oh, my gosh. So it's tied up. It's, it's tied up. All right, we need you now at vote.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you, you, do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call one 800 544 6359. That's 800 544 6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. 
We're talking about immigration and how the government's claiming that uh, the numbers are down. Well, the numbers they're arresting, the numbers they're confis- they're uh, they're picking up are down, and they're claiming that they're extrapolating that to mean that there are less people attempting to cross. It's, now, it's just an extrapolation. Yeah, that's all it is. It uh, it does not follow that they're necessarily um, being more successful. In fact, it could be that they're just being more lazy. But they are putting up fences and uh, stadium stadium lights, stadium seating. Uh, they're watching uh, the rivers flow and the grass grow. Um, but you know, maybe it's true. Maybe it's true that there aren't as many people actually trying to cross on foot. Because that's what they haven't been picking up, is the people crossing on foot. That doesn't mean... That doesn't Do you think say, they've built giant Mexipults and they're shooting them over the No, border? no. Okay. Uh, that doesn't say anything for the ones that are coming across in the back of tractor trailers. According uh. to the Associated Press, 40 Brazilian immigrants were found loaded inside... Of, no, Brazilian immigrants. I see. Were found loaded inside a stifling tractor trailer about 75 miles north of the Mexican border, authorities said. Hmm. No injuries were reported. Border Patrol agents discovered the immigrants Saturday at a highway checkpoint in Falfurias, officers said. A patrol dog alerted agents to the scent of people. Border Patrol spokes bureaucrat said as soon as those agents opened the back of the trailer, they could just feel the heat coming from the inside. I bet it's rough. The driver, a U.S. citizen, was charged with smuggling, but his identity was being withheld. The immigrants, including men, women, and children, are being processed for deportation, according to officials. The discovery comes less than a month after a jury sentenced truck driver Tyrone Williams to life in prison for a May 2003 smuggling attempt in which 19 immigrants died in his trailer. Yeah, well, um, you know... it's a mess, but what do you do with that guy? I mean, he packed those people in. Well, they packed locked themselves them in. in. I mean, they, they, they wanted they, to come. But then they got locked in. True. You know, and, and then they sort of left them someplace. Yeah. I mean, they made some decisions, but it, it, it was it's not pretty. My point in bringing the story up is that the tractor trailer with 40 guys in the uh, 40 men, women, and children in the back of it was found 75 miles north of the U.S.-Mexican border. Okay. Meaning they got caught probably by a roving checkpoint mm-hmm. or uh, something like that. And so if anything, that's going to make things a little trickier on the coyotes. For instance, uh, they probably should just stop and unload somewhere as close to the border as possible, mm-hmm. maybe, instead of uh, risking getting caught by these roving checkpoints. Because if you've paid off the, uh, the border guards at the border... As a coyote, as a criminal organization making millions of dollars off of smuggling people into the United States, because that's what's going on. It's gangs, criminal gang, gangs that are getting people here now. Well, that, that's what happens whenever you prohibit something. Right, because if you start building more border fences and putting up more lights and putting up more patrols, it is going to make it a little more risky for people to go it on their own. And mm-hmm. so they're going to pay the money to the coyotes to get them across safely. The, the coyotes take a chunk of that money for themselves, they take another significant chunk, and they give it to the border patrol members that are in their pocket. The Border Patrol members in their pocket know which trucks to look for. They know when the trucks are arriving, and they know to look the other way at that time. So this was one of those trucks, in my in my opinion, mm-hmm. that uh, came across the border, and uh, they looked the other way at the border, and they happened to run into a roving checkpoint, which they obviously didn't know who was going to be out there doing the roving checkpoints. They weren't able to pay those guys off. That's why they got caught. So it's just one example of how people are coming in here uh, to uh, the United States with all of these new fences going up. They're going to keep coming through like this. Sure they are. 
and it's not going to stop. You're not going to stop it with fences. You're not going to stop nope. it with anything. All those fences are going to do is stop you and I from crossing the border, should we ever have a reason to. Should this government become more, as it is, become more totalitarian, the government more fascist, loves the more idea, socialist. loves the idea of fences. They think that's great. Yep. Because it's just more governments and more bureaucrats and more of the, more of the stuff that they want to do. Back to the, uh, the International Herald Tribune's coverage of the story of uh, the government catching less people crossing the border. Clark and his colleagues attribute the reversal to two policy changes. First, the Justice Department gave the Border Patrol agency ability to deport most of the Central Americans in an expedited manner without a hearing before a judge, which closed a loophole. Then, in December 2005, the U.S. government started prosecuting everyone the Border Patrol picked up for illegal entry, a misdemeanor that carries a penalty of up to six months in county, state, and federal jails for a first offense. There is a human cost. Across the river in Ciudad Acuna, Migrants arrive every afternoon after serving their prison sentences. Many come across the International Bridge bewildered and penniless. They face more trouble just getting home again. In interviews, several said they had no idea they were running the risk of serving time in jail. One of the migrants was 51-year-old plumber from Acambro who said that his name not be asked his name not be used because he was ashamed of the criminal conviction. Mm. He said he was trying to get to San Antonio, Texas, where a friend had promised him a job at a water park making $400 a week. Far more than the 150 he earns at home in Mexico. He just wants a job where he can, you know, send some money back to his family. That's all he wants. And apparently that makes him a criminal. Mm. What a disgusting, disgusting place we live. If that's a criminal activity. Well, it's disgusting what it, we've let it become. That's true. And, you know, it's, it's just hate and vitriol, fear, um, you know, the desire to uh, not have competition. He said, this uh, 51-year-old plumber said, I had, quote, I had no idea until they grabbed us and told us we were going to court. They're using barbaric techniques. His description, his description is barbaric hmm. of what they're doing. I wonder what he saw while he was in there. But he acknowledged the stint in jail had convinced him to not try again, even if he is unable to pay his, his son's college tuition. No way, he said, shaking his head. And who would want to spend another two weeks in a jail cell? That's what they're doing. They're putting people in for two weeks, letting them out, taking them back across the border. Who would want that? I don't blame them. 800-259-9231, not worth the risk, not worth dying in a trailer, no. you know, the back of a tractor trailer, uh, but yet people will continue to take that risk. Personally, it wouldn't be worth it to me, but then again, I don't live in Mexico. I don't know what conditions these people are living in down there. It may be so bad in some cases to where taking a risk in the back of a tractor trailer might be worthwhile to you. Obviously, it is to some people. They've made that decision for a reason. And, and I wish them the best. I wish that we could end this insanity of arresting people and jailing them for wanting to make a better life, uh, life for themselves. I know, I know the immigration people are going to call in and say, well, they're here taking our welfare. Well, first of all, welfare is the problem. Right. I mean, let's... Babies and bathwater here. Yeah. Let's get rid of welfare if that's the problem. Let's get, rid of the, let's get rid of the rules that require a hospital to uh, you know, give care to a patient that they know for a fact is not going to pay. Let's get rid of the rules that uh, you know, just allow uh, lazy people to come across the border and live off of the largesse that we have. Let's get rid of those yep. rules and let's open up borders so that... Free people can move freely across these borders of supposedly free countries, mm -hmm. and they can come here and they can work if they want to. They just, You're such a they radical, just want a job. Mark. You're such a radical. 800-259-9231. people who want jobs. The Packet8.net toll-free line for you. They just want to make their lives better. In fact, I can't imagine getting into the back of a tractor trailer 
just so I could get a welfare check. I can't imagine doing oh, that. I think that I think that some I, I think that there are some. I'm sure that there are some come. lazy people that would do something like that, but that's a big risk uh, to get a welfare check. It is, know. but I mean, you know, you live in a pretty good. You've always lived pretty well, yeah. and you know that they're more likely to want to do that. I so think you that get rid of definitely the they're motivated to do that. You get rid of the government welfare, and you make it so that if people need help in their lives. They go to private charities. They go to organizations that actually do help people. Because, as we pointed out, there's plenty to say about welfare on its own. Even without the immigration factor, mm-hmm. welfare just doesn't deliver uh, the the money that uh, to, to the people that really need it. There are some people that get some help, but a lot of people are just scamming the system. And it's a system to be scammed. It's a system that enriches the middle-class bureaucrats running the program rather than actually helping the people that it's intended to help. So welfare's got to go for a variety of different reasons. I'd agree with that. 800-259-9231. Hour number three is on the way. An amazing story that'll take you back to World War II and the family of Anne Frank and how they have to do with immigration. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control if you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Yeah, it's 1-800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. Enjoy it. That's on us. That's freetalklive.com. Last hour we were talking about immigration and how the government is claiming that it's down, but they're claiming that based on the fact that they just aren't arresting as many people. Yeah. So that could, could mean they make, a variety of things. Could they make fewer drug arrests and then claim to be winning the war on drugs? They could, I suppose. Uh, but I wanted to go somewhere else with the immigration topics, okay. especially since we're in a new hour at this point. I want to, in fact, go back in time, Mark. Mm. Now we're back in uh, the uh, era of World War II, and you might re- you might recall the story from when you were in high school, perhaps, of Anne Frank. You recall that story, Mark? Absolutely. She's a uh, little Jewish gal got hidden away and uh, wrote her diary. And then, I believe uh, she was also was it deaf or blind? I don't remember which. Oh, I didn't know that one. she was any of those. I just know that she ended up dead. Yeah, as I recall, that's uh, that's what the situation was. Okay. Anyway, Anne Frank's father, apparently, according to the Associated Press tried to arrange U.S. visas for his family before they went into hiding. Mm-hmm. But guess what? The immigration process kept them out. Yeah. In fact, his efforts were hampered when Allied and Axis countries tightened immigration policies, according to papers released Wednesday. Otto Frank also sent desperate letters to friends and family in the United States pleading for help with immigration costs. Hmm. They charged money back then, too, Mark. Oh, boy. As the family tried to escape the Nazi-occupied Netherlands. Otto Frank wrote to his college friend Nathan Strauss in April 1941, quote, I would not ask if conditions here would not force me to do all I can in time to be able to avoid worse. It is for the sake of the children, mainly, that we have to care for. Our own fate is of less importance. The letters, along with documents and records from various... Look how hard it was for him to borrow money. And what would probably be a similar amount of money by our standards today mm-hmm. um just you know borrowing money to to get through the immigration process say it's a thousand dollars right you know a relative even a relatively distant relative 
um, you know, says to, says to you, look, you know, I wouldn't ask you for this money. I don't care if I die or if my wife dies, but really, I'd rather not see the kids die. Holy yeah. crap. That's it. That's intense. Yeah, it really is. And so he saw the writing on the wall. He knew something was going on, and he wanted to get out, if not get himself out, but get his, uh, get his kids out for sure. But he couldn't because the U.S. immigration bureaucracy didn't want to allow it. The letters, along with documents and records from various agencies that helped people immigrate from Europe, were released by the YIVO Institute for Jewish Research, a New York-based institution that focuses on the history and culture of Eastern European Jews. The group discovered the file among 10, excuse me, 100,000 other Holocaust-related documents about a year and a half ago. The documents show how Frank tried to arrange for his family, his wife Edith, daughters Margot and Annie, and mother-in-law Rosa Hollander to go to the U.S. or Cuba. He wrote to relatives, friends, and officials between April 30th, 1941 and December 11th, 1941, when Germany declared war on the United States. But immigration rules were changing under the Nazi regime and in the United States. There were nearly 300,000 people on a waiting list for a U.S. immigration visa. Besides, since Frank had living relatives in Germany, he would have been unable to immigrate under U.S. policy at the time. You know, and there's a little bit more to this, but... It makes me think. He could have used the deafblind daughter as a, uh, a chick. By the way, it's, she's not. A lot, Really? She no, wasn't sorry. either? No. What makes me think? I must be thinking of You're a different story. mixing her then. up with Helen Keller. Helen Keller. That's the that's, one. That's great. Not Jewish. Okay. Well, anyway. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, in this case, with this guy trying to get his family to safety, it would seem to me that we've talked about um, the U.S. getting into world wars in the past and right. we're both which by the way the whole world war thing and hitler and and all that stuff can be laid if you if you do the right sort of logical uh, uh thinking it can be laid at the feet of the united states at the united states government yeah yes. if we hadn't gotten involved in world war one and thrown the tide of uh, the war so dramatically because german germany was beaten resoundingly Ousting the German, uh, I believe it, the Chancellor, I believe it was. What, I, I think it was Bismarck. Um, the, the Chancellor's the, the head. Uh, that's I don't know. His name was Bismarck. I okay. My, my mistake. Anyway. Um, y- you know, if it hadn't been would thrown the, uh, the scales off so much, then they wouldn't have been able to get the Treaty of Versailles, which required Germany, you know, just to pay all kinds of money and essentially put everybody into poverty in the country of Germany, as though the people of Germany had anything to do with it. It essentially paved the way for, mm-hmm. uh, for Adolf Hitler. Is, is it what did. Happened. It really did. And so we can make those points, and then people will say, well, you didn't want to get into World War II. I mean, presuming World War I would have happened and Adolf Hitler would have gotten in charge anyway, even if we hadn't gotten involved right. in World War I, as we shouldn't have. Right. The United States was originally created to be a neutral country. Mm-hmm. We were not supposed to get involved in other people's business. We were supposed to transact business in that we were supposed to trade. Sure. Individuals and companies and businesses were supposed to be free to interact with whoever they wanted around the world. But as far as uh, wars were concerned, if there was going to be a war, it was to be one brought to us in the United States, and then we would defend ourselves. That right. was the original concept. So if we'd stayed out of World War One and Adolf Hitler had somehow gotten, uh, gotten power anyway and started executing Jewish people and black people and all the various different people that, that he executed, then uh, somebody would inevitably say to us, well, don't you care about those people that got killed? No, what, isn't that enough of a reason to get involved in the conflict? But people and get killed say, all over the place. That much is true. But this was a lot of people that got killed in this particular A lot case. of people getting killed all over the place. Well, that's true as well. Stalin killed a lot of his own people. But it would seem to me that the, the correct role 
for the um, uh, for the United States to play in World War II would have been to have open borders. Mm-hmm. So anybody who could escape their terrible, despotic government could come here to the relative safety of freedom. That would have been the best thing that we could have done for the world. I would agree with that. Um, and this, is a, this story outlines exactly why uh, the immigration policies in this country are so dangerous. They're dangerous to the freedom of people around the world because they, they might have been able to escape Germany. They might have been able to, to bust through whatever... Uh, bureaucracy or rules were in place and and get out of that country and at that time uh, it would have not have been a, a smart idea to stick around anywhere in europe and so that's why he wanted to go to cuba or the united states he wanted to get far far away from that situation I, i'm with him and so if he could get himself on a ship his family on a ship and make it to the shores of america he and his family would have had. Uh, they, they probably would have uh, would have made it out of. Yeah, this. and Frank would be alive today if it wasn't for America's stupid immigration policies of you know the early forties. Uh, back to uh, the uh, his fa- her father's letters. Again, the rules had changed. Three hundred thousand people were on a waiting list for U.S. immigration visas. How many of those three hundred thousand people perished in the war in World War II? Right. How many? Because we how many of them were in concentration camps? Yep. How many of them had numbers tattooed on them and their bodies were burned? He managed a uh, quote, I know that it'll, this is the father again, he, I know that it will be impossible for us all to leave, even if most of the money is refundable, but Edith urges me to leave alone or with the children, he said in another letter to his relative. He managed to secure one visa to Cuba, but it was canceled in 1941 after the Germans declared war on the United States. The family then went into hiding in July of 1942. Otto Frank's attempt to move his family mirrors thousands of German Jews, said Richard Breitman, an American university professor who focuses on German and American intelligence history, saying, quote, Frank's case was unusual only in that he tried hard very late and enjoyed particularly good or fortunate American connections. Still, he failed. The family was in hiding for more than two years before being arrested, and Frank described the family's life in hiding in a diary that has sold an estimated 75 million copies. The family's hiding place in a secret annex in an Amsterdam Canal side warehouse has been turned into a museum. And Frank died of typhus at age 15 in a concentration camp at Bergen-Belsen, Germany in 1945. Her father returned to the Netherlands to collect his daughter's notes and publish them in the Netherlands in 1947. So a tragedy that could have been avoided should we have actually been a free country at that time. Should we have actually adhered to the principles of what this country was founded upon and welcomed people from all around the world, welcoming them uh, with the Statue of Liberty, the flames of liberty, allowing them to come here and make a uh, uh, settle in and make a living for themselves. No welfare to speak of. Just come here and you can be free. That was what America used to be about. Yeah. It's not that way anymore, No, is Americans, it? no. Sorry. My ancestors made it here. The rest of you can stay out. And it hasn't been that way for a long time. Disgusting. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, do you actually support, does anybody support keeping this man and his family out of the country? Who could support this? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. You get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list like everything else 
at freetalklive.com. It's totally free. And do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child a Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com or 1-800-657-5066. Let's go to the phones to the fun. It's Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? I wanted to just sort of file a quick report from the early uh, hours of the Liberty Forum. Ah, uh, yes. What's uh, going on? We uh, well, I just have, uh, I don't know, maybe seems like about 50 people that I've run into so far. And uh, they started it off with uh, a raid on the State House. And so the, suddenly the State House is just pouring with people, free staters. Hmm. <laughs> there wasn't really, you know, there wasn't a ton of people in there. They had a lot of hearings going on, but there wasn't a ton of people there. And all of a sudden, it's just swamped with these uh, <laughs> wild-eyed freedom lovers. <laughs> And uh, it had a very, I think, positive impact. There were a lot of people I heard, overheard people talking about, who are those people? Well, those are the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance people. Mm. Oh, yeah, they want government services, but they don't want to have to pay for them. Ah, not There's a lot quite. of carping, and hey, who are those? Uh, you know, but then, of course, a lot of other people were excited to have them there. I bet. So that was cool. You know, it's so funny. Start- people can't even see the idea that government wouldn't provide certain services. They just can't even consider the the possibility. But right. here I live in a town where the government doesn't t- pick up the trash. The town I lived in previously, if you told somebody that the I- the idea of a a place existing without the government picking up the trash, my God, we'd be piled up with trash everywhere. But here you just pay somebody to come collect your trash. Yep, and it works beautifully. It's fine. Hey, we're all alive here. So, Dave, what else happened? Well, we also had a chance to uh, to, to saw all these people. I thought. Oh, this is a great chance to abduct people and have a demonstration. So uh, I just spread the word real fast that we're going to have a little spontaneous demonstration on the street corner. And lo and behold, ten people show up, and uh, we had a little demonstration for Ed Brown right on the corner of Loudon and Main and Concord. That's where uh, the most traffic is. That's uh, a good we, idea. We're sure that probably a couple of feds at least saw us because uh, they have to drive through there to get to their federal building. Oh, I expect uh, I expect there probably be some feds in attendance at the Liberty Forum. But that is also possible. But if you think about it, you know, probably there are, there are quite a few free staters who are either uh, working for the federal government or have worked for it in the past. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 we just look at those as potential recruits. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So things are uh, – are you actually staying in the hotel or are you just sort of driving up to see what's going on? Or what's your plan, Dave? No, I just drove up and I'll drive up again uh, – and I will probably, I'd be like to say, you know, 80% chance I'll be there tomorrow, 80% chance I'll be there the day after that. What, are you, uh, what sure. are you looking forward to the most as far as uh, what's on the agenda? For me, I just like um, I just like talking to people who are there, new faces and, and stuff like that. Speeches don't really do that much for me. Even if it's John Stossel, that's eh, just a speech. Um, I'm, I'm probably, you know, rare in thinking that way, but I just don't, I, I'm not that interested in speeches. Very good. Are you going to the Alternative Expo? I don't know, maybe. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a bunch of things to choose to uh, choose from, and I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Of course, we'll see you this weekend, Dave. Thanks for the update. Appreciate hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231. The the activities have sort of begun today, as he pointed out. There was a state house tour. People were taken in, uh, shown the ropes, I suppose, and I guess they sat in on some of the the hearings that were going on mm-hmm. today. 
and made a good showing, as uh, as it seems. People have already been arriving. In fact, we had uh, some coffee with uh, one of our listeners today, Diane was, from yeah. Arizona. It, it, it was lovely. Yeah, she dropped. She gave us a, gave us some hats. Yeah, she made some hats. She made us. some hats. Cool. They're very nice hats. And that's cool too, because you pointed out sometimes people will just send us stuff in the mail, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you know, thanks for sending us the stuff. We didn't really ask for the these books. You know, I've already got a stack of books that I'm supposed to read. And, uh, I'm, it, it's I'm it's a amb- nice thought. I'm ambivalent on that. Sometimes I'm really happy to get some book I've been sent. Yeah. Other times I'm like, oh, oh, good. What is this book? Yeah. And I just you know <laughs> toss it on some pile somewhere. But right. you know, I, I thank you. If thank you, send, you for sending them. I would send them s- if I, if I were out there and I wanted somebody to read this, I would send the book. If, so, if you send a book and then you meet us and ask us if we've read your book uh, and we haven't, don't get insulted. There's, There's a lot going on. Well, you don't read a lot of books anyway. I I, I would do like to read more to wade through. Yeah, you just I really you, would. You you really do work. I need to make the time for it. That's sunrise to, to sunset. Well, at least your version of sunrise and sunset. 800-259-9231, the toll-free number. Of course, uh, we're going to be at the Liberty Forum tomorrow doing a live broadcast. We'll have a third microphone there. Of course, uh, Julia normally jo- joins us on our Friday show. I'm sure she'll be sitting in with us, and we'll pull aside as many uh, different libertarian luminaries as we possibly can. I don't have anything scheduled right now. I'm pretty much going to just play it by oh, ear. it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm just going to play it by ear and see who I can get, and we'll We'll see. get them. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, maybe you will come by and sit in on the mic. Maybe like maybe a little open mic session or something like I that. That's a bad idea. It is free talk live after all. Right? Yes. Some people will do well at it. Some people you won't be able to shut up. Not, I've got the control on the microphone. <laughs> I can always shut them up. I can shut you up anytime. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to the email box and Matt. He says, I'm a bit behind on shows. Mark quickly mentioned sweatshops recently, and I was wondering, how can you stop sweatshops from being used by big companies? And why are sweatshops used? Mark mentioned something about governments overseas or something. Could you explain the whole sweat thing? (laughs) Well, um, sweatshops, I would guess, are simply bad working conditions. Well, you know, I don't even know about that. I feel like sweatshops... Mm -hmm theoretically are bad working conditions, but I think a lot of things that are labeled sweatshops mm-hmm. are quite a step up for oh, yeah. the people working Ab- in them. Absolutely. PR, it's, it's PR. Um, it, you know, it's a PR thing. It's They've labeled something a sweatshop, and right. that's what it is. But what you, have to, what you have to understand about a sweatshop is, unless these people are slaves, which I don't think exists in most countries in the world, and if it does, we're not buying. Largely, we are not buying slave-produced material. True, there are prison labor factories, but otherwise, mostly it's consensual. Right. So what you've got is a situation where somebody voluntarily walks into a quote-unquote sweatshop every single day for work. Yep. Now the reason that they walk into that sweatshop every single day for it's work because they didn't like working on the sweat farm. Right, they didn't like working at the farm for a third of the wages mm-hmm. or whatever amount. I mean, you know, if it's if it's seventy-five uh, percent of the wages, it's still that's they're making that choice. Right now, um, what probably happens in these sweatshops, the very very worst of them is. Uh, for the purpose of making a large amount of people work um, with a small amount of managerial uh, oversight, you have one guy who walks around and oversees 200 people. Mm-hmm. One of the ways he makes sure that these 200 people work for the pay that they give, because they don't pay a lot in um, accounting fees either here in, in right. these quote-unquote sweatshops, is they lock the door. You think? 
It's, I'm just saying it's the very worst. Now, some places they call sweatshops aren't sweatshops at all. They just decided right. to use somebody just decided to use that name and call it a sweatshop. But in the worst case scenario, they lock the door, and they may very well use some kind of physical um, punishment for people who disobey the rules. Perhaps they may very well. But that person, if they get slapped in the mouth for being late or something like that, or talking out against the boss or whatever, they still come to work the next day. They could still go home. They could. They could go back to the farm. And it's just a matter of certain countries are are still, they're not as advanced as uh, the United States and other and others. We'll explore this a little bit more on the way. Your calls as well about anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. And that does include the live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version as well, both totally free, and it's freetalklive.com, the place to go to get them. No membership fees, no jumping through hoops. It's all in the house. Also, starting tomorrow, the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. You can still get registered at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Even in the remaining moments, uh, as far as you can actually walk right up the day of... They'll have a, a space open for you. Yep. Um, you can get in. There's a one-day pass. You can't spend the whole weekend. It's going to be happening in Concord, New Hampshire, I believe, at the the Holiday Inn on Main Street, uh, 172 Main Street, the place to be. That's uh, the, the rooms that they had set up are sold out. The hotel itself, I don't believe, is fully sold out at this point. So you might actually even still be able to get a room if you show up tomorrow. Mm. It's a possibility. I wouldn't count on it. But it is a possibility. We're going to be there. John Stossel is going to be in attendance. Ron Paul. So many different libertarian names. Jim Babka, our friend from DC.org. I'm going to the Babka breakfast myself. I think there's only going to be about 15 people going to that. Of course, you've got to get up at 7 a.m. Yeah. And uh, it's worth it to me. I'm, I know it is to you. I, I, I hope to meet Mr. Babka elsewhere. You will? I'm sure you'll meet him yes. elsewhere. He did say he'd be out and about and around uh, the convention. So it's the very first ever Liberty Forum uh, New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Looking forward to it starting tomorrow. We're, I'm going to be there bright and early. You're going to be there before noon. I, I will. And, Somewhere uh, around noon, I think. So get registered. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We're talking about sweatshops. And Matt had emailed in wondering about what this whole sweatshop thing is. And I'm shocked that he hasn't actually heard uh, from some uh, anti-sweatshop Con- campaigning. Concerned yeah. little liberal someplace. I, you know, I've tried to avoid the term liberal, but those do tend to be the people that uh, that are concerned about these things. And you know, well, all come on, really conservatives is, like sweatshops. They like, you know, they'd put on a pair of chaps and a bullwhip and a and a big hat. All and they'd really, go out, they'd run a sweatshop if they could. All it really is is people who are spoiled by this country, by all of the wealth that we have here in America. They are spoiled because they're used to going to work where there's air conditioning, mm-hmm. good lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, people I've got it tra- good. Everybody else should have it as good as I and do. And you know what? Everyone should have it well. In which case, mm-hmm. uh, what you have to understand is these people who are outraged about sweatshops, first of all, they're looking for something to be outraged about. Secondly, they just don't have perspective. They just don't understand the process of industrialization mm-hmm. and different stages that uh, that uh, that a country can right. go through. They, I mean, the creation of wealth takes time. Things have to go in a certain order, 
And, uh, yeah, there might be some dangerous conditions that people are working in. They might actually not have air conditioning and therefore have some sweat on their brow. But as you pointed out, Mark, they're there on a voluntary basis. Most of them are, unless they're in some sort of a prison work program. They're there on, and even then, if you're in a prison work program, you can still just lay around and do nothing. You might get whipped or in something. In the United States, that may be true. You, can, you I might think get whipped or something like some that. Some other countries where, uh, you know, it's, it's you, work you or die. You could still choose to not work. You just would get violently punished. Yeah. Uh, but, but anyway, my point being, there's no perspective. They don't understand that there's a, a significant difference in the wealth level between this country and the countries where there are so-called sweatshops. You know what? There are even places here in America where you can sweat when you're at work. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with working yeah, and sweating. Sweating, not so bad. Right. And there's nothing wrong with working hard. It's these good for people, your pores. Keeps your skin elasticity up. The people in these so-called sweatshops have come off of farms where they were busting their chops on the farms... And now they're busting butt on the, the on the assembly line. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. That's what it takes to get through these stages. And you know what? I'm tired of people complaining about it. It's it's so easy to sit back in your cushy recliner and get on the phone and call up a talk show and complain about sweatshops over in some country as you've as you've got a cup of hot cocoa or tea in your hand enjoying your television set. It's so easy to complain. <laughs> sweatshops are terrible. <laughs> These people are trying to do what they can to make a living. And there's nothing wrong with right. that. And if the, you believe, that's what they propose to do away with. These people making a better living than they are on the farm someplace. Right. Their solution, their solution is some sort of government edict, some diktat against right. sweatshops. So we want to return these people from an industrial age, which is what they're in right now, to an agrarian society. Mm-hmm. We want them to go backwards in time, essentially. When what they should be doing is thinking of more constructive ways instead of destroying which is what they're trying to do, destroy the companies, destroy Mm -hmm. their ability to create products. How about you construct your own company? You know what? You're so smart. You know what's right. You know what these people should be doing. You know how their lives should be. You know how their businesses should be run. Well, if you're so brilliant, why don't you go and open up your own shoemaking factory and uh, you uh, set it up to where there's uh, just b- wonderful working conditions. Well, People can sit back in uh, easy chairs and air conditioning, and they can make shoes at how whatever. You don't have to make fifty an hour. You can make two an hour. Well, you they can be in erg- ergonomically designed stations or whatever. But at the same time, you could very well start a campaign that says doing away with you know Nike's sweatshops or whatever, whatever uh, company you happen to pick. You can get out there and campaign against it. Well, that's what they're doing. They're doing it, um, but as long as they're doing it from a PR standpoint, they're not doing it from some standpoint where they want to get laws passed and... um, Corporations have to follow rules. Right. You, know, I, you know, that's I don't have a problem with it. Then that's fine. You can boycott, but I say I say it's more effective to actually compete. You don't like the conditions? It is. Put your money where your mouth is. Instead of crying about it, there's so get many over things, there and open your own factory. There's so many things I'd like to see different in the world. Yeah. I just can't afford to open a business that does that deals with all the things that. Um, it handles them all, all at once. I have something to do during the day. I'm I busy understand. with that. And I'm, some of these people do and some of them don't. You aren't somebody who's an anti-sweatshop person. I'm, I'm talking not. about somebody who really, really cares. Somebody who cares so much, you should, do so, you should actually do something for those people instead of complaining about it. Step up, put your money where your mouth is, and open your own factory. And you compete. And you let us know how easy it is. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones. To the fun. Amplifier line. And Chris in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark. Hey, Chris. Hey, um, what I was calling about is from a couple of ep- episodes ago, but um, with 
uh, the elimination of crime and the repeal of drug prohibition, mm-hmm. I think there won't be a complete uh, drop in uh, crime, because more than likely, unless we go to a complete libertarian society, there will still be uh, pretty extreme taxes on drugs. And Possibly. as we're extreme taxes on drugs, if we don't eliminate taxes first. Yeah. And just like with alcohol, there's still uh, the revenues. Revenuers are still going after moonshiners and such. Not, and so, not so much. States. I mean, really, that's not really going on. I mean, you know, I I haven't heard too many. I haven't read too many stories of it. Too many revenuers going after too many. Moonshiners. I haven't read any in recent memory. I mean, I, it it must happen now and then, but it's got to be very very rare. Uh, from what the History Channel was saying, is there still? I was watching a program on moonshine on there, mm-hmm. and they were still. It was they were still going after the. Uh, uh, the moonshiners. Just you know what I think trying... that I think what you're talking about is they're probably going after people who are making their own um, alcohol and selling it. That's probably what Correct. they're doing. It's yeah. not necessarily that they're uh, that they're bad people or they're making bathtub gin that's dangerous. It's just that they're selling it without a license, and that's what they're angry about. Correct. But as I would do if the government was coming after me for uh, starting my own business. I would defend myself, so that's part of, I guess, I don't want to say crime, but, you know, what's illegal. Mm-hmm. And if there's still high taxes, there'll still be people trying to get around the uh, high taxes, and there'll still be sort of a frail market. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I don't think we've ever made the claim that ending the war on drugs would make violence go away. It'll, it'll drastically reduce it, uh, but it won't make it go away entirely. Chris, okay. any thoughts? I'm, I'm, I may have misunderstood. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it I would, mean, be, would be an absurd a, claim. It would be an absurd claim, even um, if you said that violent. If I, you said violent crime was going to go away, I mean, you know, I could still kill Ian because he's irritating. So violent crime is going to still exist, and it doesn't. There's not too many people out there committing crimes over alcohol, over you know, money to procure alcohol. Not too many people um, committing crimes over the money to procure cigarettes. Now, at worst, you've got somebody trying to lift a six pack out of a convenience store. I mean, that's really the worst that's going to happen. Chris, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate the uh, the call, and uh, sorry about the miscommunication. Yeah, that would be absolutely nuts to suggest that violence is going to go away entirely, but it sure as heck is going to drastically reduce. I would say that's thefts. true. Violence, fraud. I've heard numbers like seventy percent of people are either in for um, crimes committed to get drugs Drug or for related. drugs themselves. Yeah, yeah exactly. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. Smoking bans coming up. Free talk live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, even in these remaining moments, 1-800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You like the show, you want to help support us, then there's two easy ways that you can do that. Uh, You can spend a little bit of money by going to store.freetalklive.com, and in return for a little bit of money, you'll get uh, some very nice... High-quality products, Free Talk Live products, uh, Free Talk Live hats, T-shirts, a variety of different ones. We've got Free Talk Live bumper stickers, which are all of free. And all you need is a self-addressed stamped envelope to get your hands on those. The instructions are there at store.freetalklive.com. DVD classic archive collections sets, uh, as well as the free marketeer flag and more. All there, store.freetalklive.com. And an additional way to help support the show is to shop for everything you might need in life at amazon.freetalklive.com. 35 categories of products for you to shop in. Free Super Saver shipping on a good chunk of their items. 
That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Great way to get the stuff you need and support the show all at the same time. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Is there a young person that's important to you? Give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt. That's no way to start a life. Buy them A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. As we go to the email box from Ben, he says, Hey, I love the show. I'm 15 years old and writing an article for a political magazine at my school. I wanted to provide some libertarian views to get people thinking differently. Though I considered writing about the online gambling ban, since I am such a fan of poker, I thought smoking bans in private restaurants and bars might be more important. I plan on titling the article, Smoking is Healthier Than Fascism, and I was wondering what you think the main points I should address are. Well, I would have to say, and I'd like to know what you think, Mark, but mm-hmm. I would have to say that the main point about a smoking ban, or to rebut a smoking ban, would be property rights. It seems obvious to me. Uh, essentially, the argument goes as such. If, indeed, this is a free country and people have the right to do with their property as they please, so long as they aren't harming another person on it, like killing people on their property, obviously that would be a problem. But uh, if it's your property and you should be able to do with it as you please, then it doesn't follow that the government should be able to come in and tell you that you can't allow people to smoke. In that, it's private property. So... You're allowing people onto your private property. If, for instance, you're a bar owner or a restaurateur or something like that, you've made the decision, even though smoking may be a dangerous activity, Mm -hmm. it's certainly not an immediately deadly one. And, you know, even if you had a whirling death machine on your property and people wanted to come in and, you know, chance the whirling death machine, they should be free to make that choice. Uh, But essentially, you're allowing people to come into your property and smoke cigarettes there. And they're voluntarily choosing to come to your property and smoke their cigarettes. Similarly, people who are non-smokers are also voluntarily choosing to enter your property and hang out or uh, you know have a drink while others are smoking cigarettes around them. It's very easy to tell whether or not there's cigarette smoking going on in any establishment. It's not like you're surprising anyone with uh, a, a volume of cigarette smoke being jettis- uh, jettisoned down their lungs. I mean, this Boom, just doesn't happen. Gotcha. So, uh, essentially, it's, it's, again, a question of private property. If you have the right to do as you please on your private property, then there should be no smoking bans. If you absolutely don't have the right to do as you please, if it's not your property, if it's actually the government's property, then they can do whatever they want to, and that appears to be what they're trying to do. Or, um, even, even worse and weirder, is it's not the government's property, but apparently, in a lot of cases, these smoking bans are placed by uh, referendum. Uh, they mm. manage to get them done popularly, because popular smoking is unpopular i would prefer not to be in bars and restaurants where smoke was i would like it better if you rarely go out to eat but the few times that you do i go out almost every day and i i don't like it but it's not my it's not my decision it's not my place but and i wouldn't, what, what wouldn't is propose your... for a second to tell somebody uh what they can do on their property right 
that's not your decision. You're not. It's not your decision to decide for a property owner what he or she can allow or disallow. Right. But it is your decision to choose to go somewhere else. It is, but you know, you find a bar that's not smoking. <laughs> I don't think there are. There's I, not too many. So, um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't propose to tell somebody. This is how I answered Ben. I said uh, I think that it's my um, the main the main point that I would be concerned about is um, is the restaurant is private property. If we can tell people that they uh, what they can do on their own private property, then where does it stop? Today it's the smokers. Tomorrow's it's something that you like to do. Yep. Candy bars, fatty foods, gay sex. You name it, they'll ban it. Now it's just nobody else's business. It's just not. I don't care when if you if you can have the it democratically decided that I can't allow smoking in my business, then you can democratically decide anything about my Off property. Off with his head. My property, my person, whatever it yep. is. I mean, democracy sucks. Can can we take um, you know? Can can you vote to uh, sacrifice my firstborn child on the altar to bail? If you can get fifty-one percent of the people to uh, agree to it, well, no, you can't. Well, I well, don't know. I mean, might be able to. You, you give us another fifty years, and yeah. give us another fifty years, and we could very well, um, be, you know, be in a democratic society, which I don't want to live in. Thanks. So there you go. I don't know if there really are any other rebuttals uh, besides property rights. It's private property. You should be free to do as you choose. In fact, we should be more free than we currently are. There are already, and this is unfortunately one of the excuses they'll use. Oh, right. The, uh, the private property controllers, the central planners, the banners, uh, the people that want to control your lives. They'll use the excuse of, well, we've already got all these rules and regulations in place. Right. We've got a health code, and we've got uh, we've got all these business regulations and uh, licensing we already have. You can't serve alcohol without a permit. We've already got all these risks. What's one more regulation? So, unfortunately, we've already allowed them to set foot on our property. The government foot is already in the door at this point. Our choice is to shove these thugs back out and tell them, get lost, this isn't your place, it's mine. Or we can just bend over and allow them to do whatever it is they want, which is what they've been doing and what they're going to continue to try to do. Here in New Hampshire, they're throwing it up there again. The smoking ban is coming back, and now they've got even more support for it than they uh, than they have in the past. Luckily, there are more free staters here now than there have been in the past, and so it's going to be an, another interesting fight trying to bat this thing away again, as as it, as it was batted away last year. And these people, they're do-gooders. They're central planners. They think they know what's best for everybody. And stop it. You don't know what's best. I know what's best for me. And even if I'm wrong, I should still be free to think I know what's best for me. Right. And make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. And others will make mistakes, and we can learn from their mistakes, too. And that's one of the reasons why a number of restaurants are already going smoke-free on their own. The marketplace, to an extent, is demanding that. The marketplace is saying, families are saying, you know, I don't want my kids uh, breathing right. smoke when, I, when we you go know, out to dinner. The people who are most concerned with it are definitely getting what they want. There are restaurants out there where that, that have no smoking sections. Absolutely. Or not just mo no smoking. The entire restaurant no is no smoking. There definitely, you know, there's definitely demand in the marketplace now. Bars, sorry, um, there's this, there's, uh, you know, a contingent of smokers out there, and then there's a contingent of people that like to smoke when they drink, mm -hmm. and between those two people, they sort of run bars, yeah. um, you know, as, as far as the majority goes, and so. You know, to to somebody who rarely goes to a bar to vote on whether or not a bar can have smoke in it, you, it's none of your business. Yep. And what the lowest, the lowest of the low, 
is the bar owner who says, You know, I'd rather not have smoking in my bar, but if I went ahead and uh, and made that the rule, then I'd lose business to the bar down the street. So that's why I support the smoking ban. It'll level the playing field. That's the lowest of the low. That's yes. somebody who is such a coward. He feels like he could... A man without a spine. Yeah. He, wants to, he or she want to run their bar um, how they want, uh, but they also want everyone else to run their bar the exact same way so they don't lose business. You coward. You know what? If you don't want smoking in a bar, you go and you open your own non-smoking bar. Good luck to you. Maybe you can make it work. I don't know. But it's none of your damn business what goes on in my bar. Stay out. 800-259-9231. I don't know of any other way to approach it besides property rights. I, I think property rights is the only issue. It's just wrong to try to tell people what they can and can't do on their own property. I think people should be allowed to have death matches if they want to. It, it As scary and crazy as it sounds, I mean, if you willingly get involved in such a thing, the, the, who's to say? Yeah, well, if you've signed an agreement saying that uh, I'm willing to die in this boxing ring mm-hmm. or whatever, then the, you should be free to get involved in that. You know, the... Uh, the, the uh, the, the the boxing ring uh, manager guy is not held liable for what goes on here in the uh, ring of death, and um, yep. off off you go. You know, I'm going to settle my dispute with uh, my brother-in-law here in the ring of death, and uh, we both sign away our rights. Uh, you know. And of course, we'd love uh, if we had our uh, druthers. We'd like to bring the politicians into the ring of death and mm. have them go at it. Now that's, that would be some red team blue the way team to action. Solve wars. I could get behind that. Yeah. All right, it's Benny in here with you. And Mark. We will be back tomorrow night live from the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. <laughs> Presuming there aren't any uh, unforeseen technical difficulties. I think we've got it all ironed out. Looking forward to uh, seeing you this weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow online in the meantime. PreTalkLive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.